0: You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked On Wolves is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. I'm also the co-editor of Dunking With Wolves, the Timberwolves site on the fan-sided network. Happy Thursday, everybody. Uh, Today, quite a few things to cover. I I mostly want to talk about the trade market and some possibilities for the Timberwolves on said trade market. Um, A a former Timberwolf that perhaps could be available. I want to play a clip from the Hollinger and Duncan podcast. Uh, They talk a little bit about Zach Levine, former Timberwolf and current Chicago Bull who could potentially be had in a trade. We talked about him several weeks ago here on the show, but I think uh, now with the new dynamic related to Malik Beasley's um, unfortunate legal issues, his arrest uh, 10, 11 days ago or so, uh, perhaps the Wolves could be more willing to make such a move. So I want to talk about that possibility, play the clip from John Hollinger and Nate Duncan. And then I also want to talk about a couple of other Bleacher Report fake trades that are out there. Uh, We started talking about, there were four that involved the Timberwolves in this article we, we talked about on Wednesday's show, and I want to get to the two that we didn't discuss on Wednesday today. So we're going to get into that in just a second. First though, a quick reminder, as always, to please subscribe to the show on iTunes or Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you prefer to get your podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter, at Locked on T-Wolves. That's at Locked on T-Wolves. Don't forget the T. And also, of course, this is a daily podcast Monday through Friday. So if this is the first, second, third time you've ever listened to us, we're here every day, Monday through Friday, and uh, really year round. So um, get your daily Timberwolves update here and uh, you know, you'll know you be all set for, geez, I don't know, five weeks till the, till the drafts. So there's a lot of, and then still the off season upcoming. Typically we'd be talking about preseason basketball, the start of the season, but instead we've got a five weeks lead into the draft off season, uh, you know, free agency, I, I guess around Thanksgiving, something like that. It's going to be really weird. Um, basically the same time as like baseball free agency happens, um, which this is just the strangest year of all time, but, um, at any rate, that's what we'll do. And then, and then hopefully the training camp gets underway in December and the season starts in January and then, and then we'll be, uh, off and running. So, um, thanks for sticking with us throughout this crazy off season and looking forward to, to, finally having Timberwolves basketball again here uh, at some point in the next few months. So, um, all right, let's get into the Zach Levine conversation. Basically the premise here is uh, the Timberwolves need a third star. Everybody knows that they've got D'Angelo Russell, they've got Carl Anthony Towns and Malik Beasley showed perhaps he could be that third star. He averaged over 20 points a game, shot like 42% on threes in a painfully small sample size of 14 games in a Timberwolves uniform earlier this year. And most of it coming without Carl Anthony Towns and uh, you know, in the lineup. So, For whatever that's worth. Beasley's a restricted free agent. There's kind of this thought that he gets somewhere between twelve and fourteen million or something in in restricted free agency. Given his age, you know, he's probably worth it. We've had the conversation here. Is he a starting caliber player long term? Uh, For instance, John Hollinger, I'm going to play a clip from here in a little bit, doesn't think Beasley is really a starting caliber player in a playoff team. He thinks he's more of like a first guard off the bench because of his defensive limitations, his playmaking limitations. He doesn't really put the ball on the floor. Uh, He's basically a catch and shoot transition guy, and he's really good at those things. Um, I tend to think he in the Wolves offense would work as a starter. So at any rate, Beasley, of course, was arrested about 10 days ago. He's not currently being charged, um, but there's still some pending legal issues there. So does that change his value on the open market? I would imagine so. Does it change the Wolves' desire to keep him? At least if you believe what Gerson Rosas has said publicly, no, he still wants to have Malik Beasley in the fold next year. But there, I mean, there's a the reality of this legal, this legal issue. And, um, and also in a vacuum, you'd probably argue Zach Levine's the better player as of right now anyways. Um, but, but the problem is, is that he's getting paid more than Beasley's going to get paid in restricted free agency. So the question becomes, is Zach Levine worth his contract and would he be worth what the wolves would have to give up to trade for him? Now, believe it or not, even though he recently signed, it feels like he recently signed a contract extension, with Chicago, he's only got two years left on his deal. He signed a four-year extension two years ago. He has got uh, he gets paid $19.5 this coming year and then $19.5 the following year. I, basically, my argument the last time we talked about this is, would you rather have Malik Beasley at, you know, call it $13 million, $13.5 million and not have to trade any assets... Or would you rather? And, and remember, the Wolves already traded assets. They traded Robert Covington um, in the deal that brought Beasley and Hernan Gomez to Minnesota. Would you rather have to trade assets, potentially the number one pick, probably the seventeen, probably Jared Culver, in a deal to pay Zach Levine nineteen and a half million for only two years? Beasley likely will sign a three or four year deal in free agency. So you're getting more years at less at less money per year, less average annual salary and not giving up any assets or you give up assets to pay 19 and to Zach Levine, who, well, he's better than Malik Beasley. I, I, I truly believe he is now, now a lot of the advanced metrics would suggest otherwise, but part of that is due to, you know, his recent, you know, it, just this year was really the first year he was fully healthy after his ACL injury that he, you know, he had his last year in Minnesota and also the players he's played with and the coach he's played for um, and the burden that he has carried in Chicago. Whereas Beasley's, you know, wasn't even a, a third wheel in, in the, with the Nuggets the last couple of years. He was a bench guy. Um, and with Minnesota was, was had a really unique situation over 14 games. So I think in a vacuum, all things equal, you'd rather have Zach Levine on your team. He's still only 25. Um, but given the opportunity cost, you know, what it's going to cost to land Zach Levine, would you rather have him at 19 and a half, or would you rather have Beasley at, call it 13 and a half? Um, and, and the conclusion I came to the last time I I talked about this on the show was I just as soon keep Malik Beasley. If all, if all these things are true and the wolves say they have to give up the one and Jarrett Culver, they get Levine and something else back uh, from the bulls. Just keep, just keep Malik Beasley. The question though, is how does the legal stuff play into this? And what do the wolves think about, you know, how Levine projects out defensively versus Beasley, you know, Levine's got superior size, uh, they're they're both very good athletes. Um, Levine's got a little bit more of an injury history, uh, but but Levine's size at least suggests that he could become a better defender. He could learn to, to defend within a scheme. Um, so what I wanna do is play that clip from Hollinger and Duncan uh, here next. Before I do that though, let's talk about our title sponsors from today's show. That's rockauto.com. With the ever increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible to stock all the parts that you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why are often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person at the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand that their warehouse happens to carry. You have a computer with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. Rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and they are reliably low. Rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything that you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Best of all, the prices at RockAuto.com are, say it with me, Always reliably low, and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the exact same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. All right, let's go ahead and run the clip from Hollinger and Duncan. Of course, the Hollinger and Duncan show with John Hollinger, the former ESPN uh, inventor of PER and longtime executive in charge of basketball operations for the Memphis Grizzlies, uh, writes for the Athletic and has been a part of the Lockdown NBA family for over a year now. And then Nate Duncan, also a fantastic NBA analyst. Uh, they have their own show here on the Lockdown NBA Network, a weekly show, Hollinger and Duncan. Be sure to check that out. Here's the clip of them talking about Zach Levine and the potential that the Bulls would trade him and uh, you know what what you know, what the Bulls could, could potentially be looking for in return for Zach Levine.
0: I know Nate's thoughts, but I was curious or John's thoughts on what you think the Bulls could get for Zach Levine and who would be willing to trade for him.
2: Well, I mean your first if you were really committed to moving him, your first call would probably be Sacramento because they signed that offer sheet. Now I know it's a different regime there, but it's still the same owner, right? So there might be some motivation for that. Interesting. Uh, more generally like what are you what are you trying to get out of trading Zach Levine? I guess or like you're like he's still a pretty young player who can get better still offensively. Like because really, if you're trading Zach Levine in your Chicago, what are you trying to get? You're trying to get somebody else's Zach Levine, aren't you? I mean, to me, I think you're just better off keeping your own unless somebody's willing to massively overpay.
0: Well, I do want to see what it would look like with a real coach in there, which Levine has not really played for in his Chicago tenure, and. No, my suspicion is that he's going to continue to be so bad defensively. But I mean, his two biggest weaknesses are defense and playmaking. And yeah, I probably would rather just roll the dice on uh, just like seeing if he can improve or not. I don't think he's going to, but he's probably your best out to really getting to a uh, playoff level of offense, at least in the short term. Now it does seem like they're maybe trying to consolidate now since they've got uh, Arturas in there, and you know maybe he just wants to build his. Own thing and Levine does only have two two more years on his contract as well, right? I mean, maybe they're uh, maybe they're feeling that a little bit, but I think I, this I, yeah
2: this trade line would be the time, right? Yeah, if, if you're going to do it when he has one and a half years left. And the team knows that they have, you know, at least that and can maybe extend him. And you've given yourself half a year with the new coach to really see what you have. I, I think that would be the point where you'd really have to look hard at it if if you're Chicago. But I, I, I don't yeah. think this offseason is the right timing unless you just have a, a sitter, unless you just have something that's so juicy that it's like, OK, we have to do this.
1: Yeah, John's right. I mean, there's no reason that the bulls should have to trade Zach Levine unless the new regime really wants to move on maybe Billy Don I mean it feels like he'd be a player that that would fit well with what Billy Donovan's going to want to do um but the trade deadline might be the best opportunity if Levine continues to show he's healthy continues to get better plays for a good coach uh you know that he's going to increase his trade value and there's going to be a team that wants to add up a guy like him to the rotation, even, I mean, it's, it's more likely going to be a fringe type playoff team. That's trying to take the next step that trades for him. Um, or it's team like the Timberwolves that's looking for a final piece to go from, you know, a non-playoff team to a playoff team. And I think the bulls are going to, going to find the best value for Levine at the deadline or maybe next summer when he's only got one year left on his deal. But they also, if they overplay their hand, you know, teams aren't going to want to give up too much for a guy who's going to be a free agent in a year. So, um, there, There is this window where there's a real possibility they try and move him. As for the fit with the Wolves, again, the, I would be worried about an overpay uh, if the Wolves are going to get involved in, in any sort of bidding for Levine, but that's certainly something to keep an eye on. All right, let's get into those Bleacher Report fake trades. We talked on uh, uh, the show yesterday on Wednesday about a couple of these, uh, including the one, um, I guess... Just to reset things real quickly, this is a Bleacher Report article that was published early on Wednesday of this week by Greg Swartz. It's entitled, Trades That Would Shock Every NBA Franchise. So Greg takes all 30 teams and comes up with some sort of crazy trade for each one. There's one trade that I guess is you know, what I would call assigned to the Timberwolves as their trade. And then they're also on the receiving end of three other trades with other teams. Um, So the trade that is listed as the Timberwolves that we talked about yesterday, you can go back and listen to my analysis for it. But um, that trade was landing Devin Booker in exchange for a haul, uh, the number one pick, the number 17 at 2023 pick, Culver, Josh Kogi, James Johnson, all that stuff. Uh, So we talked a little bit about that and how, frankly, far-fetched that would be for both sides. And then also the trade with the Knicks, which, of course, the Knicks need the first pick. So it's the number one pick plus James Johnson for RJ Barrett and Frank Nitalikina. Gave my thoughts on that yesterday. Um, and then there's two other ones. So one, which I think was discussed, there was, I believe it was CBS Sports had a mock draft a couple of weeks ago that I, I talked about on the show where they proposed a trade back for the Timberwolves to number three with Charlotte. And that's what this is essentially. So the Wolves would be trading back from one to three and they'd pick up a 2022 lottery protected first round pick from Charlotte uh, for their trouble. So it would give the Wolves, you know, they don't have a pick in 21. So it'd give them two picks in 22. I don't love it being lottery protected. I think, I think the Wolves would certainly try to, you know, Argue uh, for some looser protections on that, maybe top three protected, top four protected. Uh, you know, two years from now, I feel like Charlotte should be confident that they should be a little bit better if they're getting the number one pick in this draft. Um, at least that's the case that Gerson Rosas would make. Um, and the wolves, you know, they don't have their pick next year. Twenty twenty two could be the double draft uh, for whatever that's worth. Give the wolves more capital that year. I actually don't hate this from the wolves' perspective because, I mean, I mean, if if you can pick up a first, even if it's two years down the road and somewhat protected. Uh, I mean, you move to three, you may not get Ball or Edwards, but you could trade back again, uh, a la, not quite the same, but a la David Kahn uh, several years ago. Um, hopefully they would spend all night trading back as he did to, to make what, three and a half million for Kurt Rambus's buyout or whatever that was. Uh, but- they could trade back to three and then take if Wiseman goes one or two, you could still take Baller Edwards. They could just take who they think is the best player on the board at three. If Wiseman's still there, that's probably Killian Hayes. Maybe Isaac Okoro. Maybe maybe Anyeka Okongwu. Well, I don't think probably him. Maybe Devin Vassell or maybe the Wolves trade back even further and get one of those guys at seven, eight, nine, ten, something like that. So I actually don't hate this idea if you can pick up, um, you know an additional pick in the process. I think the CBS proposal was basically, I think it was just a second round pick or maybe they didn't even have what it was. But if you can get a first round pick, whether it's next year, 2022, to move back two spots in a draft where there isn't a consensus number one pick, I think you do that. Um, Charlotte only does this if they're in love with one of those guys. And I've said this all along, all it takes is one team to be absolutely in love with Anthony Edwards, James Wiseman, or LaMelo Ball. And if that happens, the Wolves are in business and that's what they're banking on. Um, So right now there's obviously a game of chicken between these teams trying to figure out who really wants who and how badly they want them and would the wolves really take you know player x or would they you know if you know, if a player if a team doesn't think the wolves are going to take Edwards they just need to get to two trade with the warriors to get Edwards but the wolves could call their bluff and take Edwards at one and try and trade him and there's all these different you know, it, it really is a big game of chicken between all these teams that, that are trying to position themselves at the top of the draft. And nobody wants to, you know, everyone's pretending like there's no value up there because they, they don't want to seem too desperate. But there's some of these teams, like a Charlotte or an Atlanta, um, who, who I don't know if desperate's the right word, but the number one pick means more to them than it does for the Timberwolves, who already have Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell, and probably don't love, uh, from what we know about how the Wolves value prospects and value players, or at least the Rosas regime, there isn't much to love about having that selection and taking anthony edwards or taking a guy like lamello ball who isn't exactly a seamless fit with the wolves roster. so i think this is an intriguing possibility. all right, the other one i want to talk about involves carl anthony towns and it has a proposed trade of carl anthony towns to a team, a very good playoff team. um i guess we'll leave it at that for the tease. it's a trade that i really don't think could happen, but if it did, Could be a really good thing for the Timberwolves. And and I don't know that there's really very many scenarios that I would say trading towns ends up in a win for the Timberwolves. So um, we're going to talk about that here next. Before we do that, though, let's talk about our outstanding friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is new and improved. It already was the best tasting protein bar of all time, but it's even better than ever with a brand new flavor, brand new packaging, logo, the whole nine yards. There were 12 original flavors that were all fantastic. There's now six brand new flavors caramel brownie, cookies and cream. Cherry Barcia, Lemon Almond Cheesecake, Carrot Cake, Apple Almond Crisp, and for a limited time only, in honor of Breast Cancer Awareness Month in October, a limited release strawberry flavor. It is delicious, and right now through October 12th, today is the 8th, so four days from now, 12% off your order through October 12th. Built Bar is partnered with Barbells for Boobs, Breast Cancer Angels, Huntsman Cancer Institute, and Living Beyond Breast Cancer. They will match your donation to the organizations listed above up to $50 per order and 100% of the proceeds from the Built Breast Cancer Awareness hoodie that is available on their website will go to those organizations to help breast cancer patients and their families. That hoodie's nineteen ninety 100% of the proceeds of the hoodie at BiltBar.com through October 12th will go to benefit the aforementioned organization. So be sure to check that out. All built Bars are 100% covered in chocolate, soft and easy to chew. They're perfect if you're health conscious. They're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, all the good stuff. And right now also for a limited time only, there's a free cooler with purchase while supplies last. You can go to builtbar.com. use promo code On. You'll get 10 bucks off your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at builtbar.com. All right, let's talk about this final trade proposed by Greg Swartz at Bleacher Report. This trade is between the Minnesota Timberwolves and, drumroll please, it's a playoff team that has a former Timberwolf leading the way, a playoff team that is still playing in the NBA finals and trailing three games to one. That's the Miami Heat. And this proposed trade would send Carl Anthony Towns to the Miami Heat in exchange for Bam Adebayo, Kendrick Nunn, and Andre Iguodala. Not the worst idea. Now, Let's let's start with the obvious. I don't know why Miami would do this. Um, in a vacuum today, right now, you can very clearly make an argument that Bam Adebayo is a better player than Carl Anthony Towns. However, because of Carl Anthony Towns' diverse offensive skill set, he's probably one of the top seven offensive players in the entire league. Certainly the most versatile, the best shooting big man um, in the entire league. But there's there's, you know, all of the reasons why people don't like to put Towns in the conversation of the best players in the game. He hasn't solely led a team to the playoffs. He has had his clashes, obviously in the past with Jimmy Butler. And, you know, he's had some of the, you know, I, I guess I, some, some fair, some unfair questions about his leadership, whether he has it, you know, the the quote unquote it. Um, and to this point, the answer, I guess, is no. And so why would Miami, a team that just went to the finals, rock the boat and trade Bam Bio, their second best player for Carl Anthony Towns? They, I mean, the short answer is they wouldn't. And, and I, to be very clear, they would not do this. However... In a vacuum, well, Bam Adebayo might be better today and is currently playing in the NBA finals and is arguably the best defensive player in the league, you know, maybe second after Giannis. Um, Carl Anthony Towns is still has a higher ceiling than Bam Adebayo. And if something clicks, there's that that if something clicks defensively and that it factor, Towns could be the best player in the league. I mean, he could be his offensive skill set is one that's never been seen before. Right now, as he is he 's already an all star he 's a borderline third team all nBA player, but if something clicks, and remember he 's still only twenty four as of today, if something clicks defensively as a leader, then he could become the best player, top three player overnight in the nba and and, and because of that, you know a team like miami 's very smart, they know what they 're doing. There's always that small possibility that, that that could happen, that Miami could try and leverage a great season from Adebayo, a breakout season. Um, you know, Kendrick Nunn and Andre Iguodala are included essentially to, to balance the salaries. Um, you know, I guess there's the argument to be made that the Heat, assuming they lose, say they lose game, game five and they lose in, in five games, what's the ceiling of this team? I mean, Adebayo should get better. Obviously, um, but Jimmy Butler's not going to get better. In fact, he's probably only got a year or two left of his prime. He's already, you know, he gets banged up frequently, plays through injury. Um, Goran Dragic, I believe, is a free agent this year. They've got a couple of young players that are exciting. So adding Towns would make that team so much more dynamic. Um, obviously, from the Wolves' perspective, the only reason you'd do this is if Towns legitimately. Those rumors from a week ago now, where Towns said, "Was it a week? Ago? It might have even been two weeks ago. I think it was two weeks ago now," where Towns said. Uh, There was the rumor from Darren Wolfson at Score North that Towns allegedly is, quote, as good as gone. Um, I don't want to rehash all that. If you missed it somehow, go back and listen to the show from two weeks ago, uh, last week in September. Um, And, you know, if if that's really true, if Towns has voiced his displeasure, we don't have any evidence to suggest that he's asked out or anything like that. And of course, he has no leverage. He's under contract for four more years. The Wolves just acquired D'Angelo Russell. But... If that were to be the case, and if the Heat were looking to increase their opportunity, to increase their their window with Jimmy Butler, then this trade potentially could happen. And Adebayo would not be a bad consolation prize for the Timberwolves, would obviously shore up their defense, would make D'Angelo Russell the sole offensive option really on this team. And that would be probably the biggest issue is that suddenly your offense is, is D'Angelo Russell and uh, whatever else the Wolves are able to... I mean, I guess Kendrick Nunn and, and, you know, Jared Culver, and it wouldn't be, there wouldn't be much there. Um, now the Wolves was still the number one pick in this draft. So at that point you probably take, I guess you take Anthony Edwards and hope you strike lightning there. And you have a couple of long defenders and Edwards and Adebayo, and, um, that would probably be the course of action. Now, somehow I've talked about this for a few minutes and haven't mentioned the Jimmy Butler, Carl Anthony Towns, um, I guess reunification, if we want to call it that. I'm very skeptical about this. Uh, Greg Swartz says in the article, uh, he links to an athletic article from before Butler was traded away from Minnesota when he insisted he didn't have a problem with Carl Anthony Towns. Now, I went back and read that article. He doesn't, he's not really like uh, making that super clear. He just kind of says he doesn't have a problem with anybody and he lists Andrew Wiggins, Carl Anthony Towns, Tom Thibodeau, like, I mean, clearly he had a problem with the situation and all of those guys were part of the situation. So I I don't think that trading a competitive defender like Bam Adebayo for Carl Anthony Towns would make Jimmy Butler too happy. And so it really doesn't feel like a Pat Riley move. It doesn't feel like an Eric Spolster move and it's not going to happen. Um, But, you know, Greg Swartz threw it out there. I wanted to talk about it. It's a fascinating thing to think about. It would make I think both teams better in the long run, um, and certainly it would improve the heats. Uh, they would become even more dynamic offensively and the the ceiling of that team, uh, would be just incredible. And the wolves would be better. I think, uh, you know, depending on what they do with the number one pick, it just, it would be a little bit tenuous in terms of you'd have a guy, all offense, no defense and Russell and, and mostly defense and bam out of bio. And what are you going to do with the rest of your your roster? That would be the biggest question mark. So don't worry too much about this one. Don't lose sleep over the possibility. I, I know it would be uh, really rough to see Jimmy Butler and Carl Anthony Towns win a title in Miami, I think, for Timberwolves fans. Uh, that might be just about it for, for Timberwolves fans who have been faithfully following the team for decades. But um, not going to happen. A really interesting conversation starter. And I guess kudos to Greg for, for trying to find a trade where that the team in the NBA finals trades a uh, player not yet in his prime, who's their second best player, but uh, you know, kudos to Greg for brainstorming that one and, and putting it out there for us to, to consider as a possibility, I guess. All right. That's all we have for you today here at Locked on Wolves. Thanks once again for listening to the Locked on Wolves podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Of course, the Locked on Network is your local experts on the biggest stories. We'll be back tomorrow on Friday with the last show of the week, and then back again with you on Monday. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you prefer to get your podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter at LockdownT wolves. That's at LockdownT wolves. Don't forget the T. Also, a reminder: today's episode is brought to you by RockAuto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Lockdown Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.